hello and welcome to this episode of How to Be a Great GM. Uh, we're talking musings of a great GM and my name is Guy and well the start might have been a little bit slow but that's because it's a Monday morning and um, I think it's about trying to come to terms with what exactly it is that I want to talk about. Now over the weekend I had the remarkable opportunity to play in a game with some absolutely amazing role players from Australia and New Zealand. And I say New Zealand specifically because the one player was most emphatic that Australia and New Zealand are quite, quite different. And I have to say that I'm not sure, but having role played now on both in both hemispheres northern hemisphere southern hemisphere having played with south africans with australians with new zealanders with europeans and by europeans i mean the um, norse countries scandinavia um, denmark part of obviously parts of that france germany the uk canadians and americans I mean, I, I'm not trying to, to boast in terms of the different types of people that I'm play, I've played with. I'm just What I'm trying to establish is that I have played with a whole lot of different people in the um, course of my wonderful opportunity and career. And for me, what stands out is how different we are when it comes to role-playing, and yet how similar we are as well. We all love role-playing. Now, my first experience was role-playing with South Africans exclusively. Although South Africa does have a lot of foreigners coming into it uh, for various reasons, uh, from a role-playing perspective, it's a very small pool. Now, for a long time, it was the South Africans, and South Africans, I generally find, generally, these are big broad strokes here, folks, I generally find are people who are a little bit resourceful, they're a little bit focused, generally speaking, and they're a bit more, I don't know, practical, or at least they were when we were growing up. We were looking for practical solutions and things, and definitely, most definitely, were not particularly interested in the rules. There were one or two rules lawyers that I encountered, but on the whole, South Africans didn't have access to all of the rule books and things. This could also be a, a historical thing as well. We, they just simply were not, a, not a, they were not retailers of the books. I remember once there was a, a major bookstore chain, and they used to keep the second edition Dungeons and Dragons books on occasion, and it uh, was very rare that you would find them there. And then they were excessively expensive as well to purchase. So it was quite an unusual thing for us to to have access to books. So we were creating our own rules and homebrew from from what I understood is pretty much how everybody in South Africa used to role play. Then when I look at role playing with Australians, such as my game on Friday, I think that things have changed dramatically, obviously in the last 30 years uh, since I started the first role playing. Australians, I find, and again, broad strokes, generally speaking, are very happy-go-lucky kind of folk who, again, want to get on with the job, but absolutely have a blast whilst doing it. And I think this group that I was playing with, it was the Dread DM, it was Rob Hartley, um, to mention but a few. Uh, it, it was an interesting one. Now, Dead Aussie Gamer ran the game as the GM, and we were playing in this uh, system called Through the Breach, which is you use cards, playing cards, to determine your your uh, outcomes of actions and, and that sort of thing. And um, we had a novice stream player with us, and um, a person who... Um, 
groom as they uh, are known by their handle uh playing along and i have to say that the experience was incredibly enjoyable because nobody was trying to one-up anybody else nobody was trying to outshine anybody else no one was trying to demonstrate their own individual prowess and ability everybody got mucked you know everyone got stuck in and decided okay let's do this now, by circumstance and impulse, I guess, I was playing this very snarky, arrogant um, nightmare creature. Literally, he was a nightmare creature because we were playing monsters. But I was playing this very, very snarky, French-accented individual who ultimately took charge of the group and gave them instructions and things on what to do uh, that was a function of the character but also me as a, a gm having done many of these streams we were streaming for GaryCon, and so we had a limited window and i realized well we you know everybody in the group had great characters but we weren't really driving the story forward we were just having too much fun interacting as characters so um i i subliminally took control of that situation but made sure that obviously everybody in the group was happy with that and, and sort of went along with that. Nonetheless, playing with them, it was just an absolute blast. It was such a relaxed atmosphere. And it was all about, can we do this? Well, yes, we can, because the GM is going to let us do it in terms of using the rules, but also not using the rules and just kind of going with the flow. When it comes to playing with Japanese people, on the other hand, this is a very big distinction here. It's Again, it's a generalization. I generally find that the Japanese people are a lot more polite and courteous around one another, or at least they certainly were with me. That could be a language barrier. But there was a lot more, they were a lot more courteous, a lot more reserved as well, a lot more calculating, uh, just in terms of knowing the rules, knowing what their character can do, and very quietly trying to figure out the right solution to do things in. That's not to say they weren't having fun and it wasn't fun to roleplay with Japanese players, but it was very different in terms of you have rambunctious, loud Australians and South Africans and they're just there to have a blast versus the Japanese who seem to be very focused on overcoming the challenges and tasks at hand and completing the adventure successfully. When I then move over to my uh, wonderful role players from Finland and Sweden and uh, Denmark, there's a general intensity to their role playing. They really get into the characterization of their characters, but not in a light and fluffy way that the Australians do, but in a very serious uh, way, very... Uh, I, I find it almost intimidating how how intense they get when they're doing their role playing. And I think that's brilliant. I think that's just a different way of expressing things. Um, I wouldn't say that they're particularly rules bound, but at the same time, I wouldn't say that they are uh, just happy go lucky. They they are definitely focused on their character and character development. And I do wonder what causes this kind of difference. Once I get to the UK, there's a bit more stuffiness, not in terms of um, stiff upper lip and all that sort of thing, but there's there's less community of action is a way to describe it, I think. And when you think of role-playing games, role-playing games by their nature are a team sport. You cannot really play it on your own. Um, and even if it's two of you, you with a GM and a player, you are still working together as a team. It's not adversarial. It is, it is cooperative. So 
when you look at the UK and UK players, there tends to be a little bit more of an attitude of, of um, I'm not going to step on your toes, you're not going to step on my toes, and we're going to work together, but there's a guardedness or a reservedness. I, I don't know, maybe I've just been playing with different different people, but these are, again, just broad strokes, broad, broad general strokes. When we get down to the German players, and I single out the Germans, but I could include the Austrians in this as well, and uh, I think the Dutch to a degree. I haven't had a huge amount of experience uh, playing with many of the other uh, wonderful nations of Europe, but um, when you get to those folk, generally I find there is a lot of focus on the rules and the mechanics. Again, not to lord it over people and not to use it as a an exploit, but to very very, very specifically make sure that everybody is equitable and everybody is working within the same parameters there is a definite dedication to making sure that we are all playing the same game here and we are all very focused on making sure that we're playing the game legally correct as the rules are written and I have had the wonderful opportunity of playing with many amazing role players from Germany I need to make that very clear but you also need to know going in that you are going to be met with a tour de force in terms of making sure everybody is using the same rule system, everybody's using the same mechanics so that there is that fairness of action that um, seems to be so, so critical to, to that Northern Europe um, gaming mentality. Once you get to Canada, my some of my favorite players are from Canada. Um, the Canadians, obviously, by by I suppose universal um, stereotyping, very polite individuals. I generally find my Canadian players to be a lot more easygoing uh, than their southern counterparts, but also uh, quite a, a lot more focused on on getting a good balance between character and and narrative i would have to say there's definitely that um of course then we get to the great usa and all of the role players that come out of that and i have to say i do tend to find and this is again broad strokes i tend to find that the usa the focus is more on creating an amazing mechanical character uh rather than creating amazing characters again this is broad strokes and i have played with some wonderful wonderful american role players who don't care about the mechanics they they're about the story they, they they're there but there is definitely a strong undercurrent of my character is going to be the best at whether it's just being the character or it's mechanics or it's the build that definitely seems to be the prevailing uh, sense that one gets when you role play there now when it comes to southern america i haven't really had an opportunity to play with uh, many folks from from down there there are some amazing role-playing communities i know brazil has a big role-playing community uh, argentina as well uh, and peru too i'm just sort of citing where we get a lot of viewership from um so i haven't had really an opportunity to play with them but I would have to say it is the most remarkable thing to be able to travel around the world and wherever you are, you can find a role-playing group doing something, as difficult as it might be, and then you can play with them. Now, if you are someone who has a great amount of experience role-playing with lots of different cultural groups, I'd love to hear your take on it. Do you agree with what I've been sort of rambling on about today, or do you think that I've just been playing with the wrong folk? 
I don't know. Um, like I said, this is this has been accrued over twenty years of different role playing experiences and opportunities. And if I had to say who is my favorite bunch to role play, I would have to say humans. I hate role playing with hamsters. They just don't give any feedback. They eat the paper, and they just they're just nasty little things, really. So no, I I I wouldn't say that I have a particular preference for any type of role playing group specifically. I wouldn't say, oh, I prefer playing with Australians or I prefer playing with Japanese. Uh, that that is not true. I prefer playing with people who are there to have fun in a collective game, and I think that is the bottom line. What I also find absolutely remarkable is that wherever you go, you listen to people's stories of how they got into role playing and and what it is that they love about it, and I think that becomes fairly universal in terms of just people wanting to go on amazing adventures and have fun with friends and yes to to have a rule set that allows them to operate on the same page the same wavelength and we need that we really do i don't disparage that in the slightest um a game of of when you watch kids play that's one of the first things that we start to do once we have cognitive capability is to start to establish boundaries oh you can't run outside of this area or that area the floor is made of lava or if the ball touches your coat you've been hit even if it doesn't touch you and you know we start to impose these rules to to give in a sense of fairness a sense of competition that sort of thing and it's remarkable when you look at it that way and you go okay so hang on a moment we all do that as a basic human trait and if you listen to the last couple of weeks worth of podcasts you'll notice that as humans generally speaking when we've got some kind of environmental pressure to do x or y or z we will adapt to it in one shape form or another however things that we all have in common is that when we have leisure time that's when we start to get creative that's when we start to let our minds wander and we're no longer focused on survival and and the like so we're all playing this role-playing game all over the world it doesn't matter who you are or what language you're speaking we're playing these role-playing games and we're trying to make sense of a fantasy world which is completely make-believe there is absolutely no nothing nothing real about it whatsoever and you go well we are all very much the same when it gets down to it. At, at the fundamental level, there is that commonality of human, which is the same ones that came out of the primordial jungles and started living on the edges of society and started that wonderful crop growing. And that led us to potentially to writing. You know, if you follow that particular line of, of human developmental thought. And you go, so the moment we had writing suddenly you could write down rules and laws and you're going aha okay now we have rules you have to work six days a week or five days a week you have to do this you have to do that you have to do the next thing why because it's written down so when we come to role-playing games for thousands of years we have been taught and trained that once it's written down it is law it is rule and you go, well, kinda, but a lot of the rule books state that these rules are up to you on which ones you want to apply or not apply, or these are optional, or these are advanced or developmental. 
And yet, so many of us remain stuck and bound to that. Now, a classic example, in my opinion, is when you look at the Japanese society, for example, an incredibly honor-bound, rule-bound society, which makes for a remarkably peaceful society in terms of crime and safety and public well-being. At the same time, there is zero wiggle room in terms of interpreting those rules and things. I remember I was a complete anathema to the Japanese taxation system because of the particular curiosities of how I was making my money through Patreon and YouTube. There was no grounds for what people just give you money. What do they give you money for? Nothing. They just give me money to support the channel so that I make more content. Oh, so they're paying for content. No, they're not because I'd make it anyway. It just means that I can make it full time and I can try and make it the best I can rather than just as quick as I can because it's part of, you know, my hobby. And it, it completely broke their system. They were on phone calls up the chain to try and find how to manage this until eventually they went, you know what, we're just going to say that it doesn't count and that you're not earning over, you know, you're not earning the threshold for taxation. Just, just go away. We don't, we don't know what to do. You look at that, then you look at another system, say, for example, here in the UK, and it's a very old system, so they've seen a lot of things going on. They might not necessarily know straight away how to handle the situation, but there is definitely a precedent that was set some time ago, and it's a case of finding it and unearthing it, and then making sure that it's as, as equitable as possible within some very archaic rules. They have some amazing rules, which I look at as a South African going, but this is insane. This is crazy. How on earth can you think that that's fair? That's not fair. But then I look at South Africa as an example and I go, well, there is a country where they literally rewrote the majority of the rules only 25 years ago. And let's see what the result of that has been, where the rules have been rewritten to be as equitable and fair as possible. And yet you have a country that has, I would say, one of the biggest disparities in terms of society, in terms of the haves and the have-nots. You go, so maybe the older rules are the better rules that have managed to keep a stability in place. Well, I'm not so sure, because when you then look at the Japanese society with its wonderful environment of safety and tranquility versus South Africa, which is definitely not safe at all and is an incredibly violent and chaotic country where life has no value at all, you compare the two and you go, well... In a country where there is incredible violence and death and murder and, and all that kind of horrific stuff, the population still enjoy their existence to some degree. There's laughter, there's singing, there's, there's that kind of stuff. Whereas the Japanese are committing suicide because they are so depressed and miserable and have an incredibly high suicide rate. So the rules that we have so written down and do not change ever... One has to look at that and say, well, are they as concrete as possible or should they be adjusted according to the people? And as far as I'm concerned, this whole long ramble, by the way, is to get to the point where when we look at the role playing rules, 
whether you are from Australia or from America or Japan, you have the same set of rules, but we interpret them very differently. And some cultures are very strict about it. Some cultures use and abuse those rules. And some cultures just use them to go with the flow and have fun whilst doing it. Which is the right one? Well, everyone seems to be having fun role-playing, otherwise it wouldn't have spread as much as it has. So I don't think there is a right or wrong answer. I think it's about making sure that you find the type of people that you fit best with and play with them. For example, I have played with people who are incredibly mechanically focused, and although the role-playing was entertaining, the game for me didn't feel easy. It didn't feel like we were just having fun. I was constantly going, my goodness, my character hasn't been built properly, so my mechanics don't work so well, as opposed to everybody else's mechanics. Can I make up for it with role-playing? Yeah, to a certain degree, but there's always that underlying um, unevenness to it. And I've also played with groups where there are almost no rules whatsoever, and the creativity is absolutely high, but I've also kind of got bored because... There is no restriction on action. Um, there is no limitation. And you're starting to go, well, I need those parameters in order to, to be creative. That what, that's what forces my creativity. Anyway, I'm going to shut up now because, honestly, I, I find this absolutely fascinating. And I think the more that I travel, the more that I realize that it isn't about where you are and it isn't about what other people think you should or should not be doing. It's about what makes you the most comfortable, what makes you have fun, and then finding people who embrace that and who want you to succeed in the same way. I think that's really what it's all about. And our whole journey on how humans developed and became settlers and all that sort of thing, it's still got a long way to go. We've still got a lot to talk about if we uh, continue, continue that, that uh, conversation. But when you look at it, once writing came into place, suddenly we had rules that we had to follow. And the important thing is to remember, those rules are created by society, and we are part of society, so we can change those rules. But we have to make sure that we change them so that everybody at our table or in our little village is happy with those rules. And that, I think, is really what we have gotten ourselves into, this Pandora's box that we opened up when we started to make little scratch marks of how much grain had been delivered on what day. I think we didn't realize that we were going to create those little scratch marks which were then going to determine exactly how we as humans could and could not live. It's a very deep thought and it's an early Monday morning for me and this is what goes through my head. These are musings of a GM. Should I create cultures within my world that embody these groups? I certainly think it could be a very interesting basis for a campaign. Anyway, enough from me. Until next time, I wish you and yours the very happiest of gaming.